Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscape? It's welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your longtime host of Geekscape, and we talk pop culture, movies, video games, comic books, TV. If you're headed to a Comic-Con, you're going to see us right there on the floor, so get ready for that. Um, I just started this past weekend putting together all of our Comic-Con stuff. It's actually been... Um, the hotels get worse every year, Geekscape. So if this is your first time going to San Diego Comic-Con, like get a boat and put it in the marina or something, because it's not easy, and it gets harder every year. Uh, so we've been dealing with that for the last couple weeks. And then this week, George and I started working on some artwork for maybe some new t-shirts. So, uh, if you're going to Comic-Con, which is basically like our Super Bowl of geek, you know, every year at Geekscape, um, come visit us at the booth. We'll have some new cool stuff for you. Um, just a little Geekscape stuff. Um, I have some pretty great episodes coming up. I've got a great episode for you guys today, actually. James Lafferty and Stephen Coletti are here with a brand new, uh, you guys may recognize them from One Tree Hill, not a show I watched, which, you know what, I'll apologize to my guests when I bring them up, but you know what, uh, what was I doing? I think I was being a 20-something dude, and so I wasn't watching it. That being said, I have a lot of appreciation for the show. I'm sure if you're listening to this, because you linked to it from Steven or James's Twitter. Um, I love you. I think you guys are awesome. Thanks for supporting the boys. I'm a big fan of theirs because they made their own TV pilot. It's called Everyone's Doing Great. I will tell you how you can see it if you're living in a couple places around the, 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 the world, I think I can say, because one of those places is Monte Carlo. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, hey, I was, I was referred to these guys by longtime Geekscape as Zach Haddad, and I was like, yeah, sometimes when friends like refer friends, like it's because they have like, 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 I don't know, they have like a blog where they write about weather <laughs> or they put out like their, you know, it's, it's not, they're not always the best references. So I, I'm sorry, geeks gave us, but sometimes I'm cynical when friends refer friends and, uh, and I, and I checked out James and Steven and I was like, nope, these dudes check out. And I watched the pilot and I was like, 
this is highly entertaining. And um, and I think I watched it in several iterations because I know Zach also did some work on it. So I I have been a small part of the post process watching it, and uh, I think everyone uh, is doing great is fantastic. Um, so we will get to that. But if this is uh, your first Geekscape, hey, go check out some other stuff on the feed when you're done with this episode. We got some really cool stuff. I talked to Andrew WK a couple weeks ago. We next week I've got Dean Devlin on the show, the producer of. Um, Independence Day, Stargate, all those cool 90s action uh, event movies, Godzilla 2000, and the stuff that he'd said to me about making those films was pretty candid, and I was like, wait, you're actually saying this on the internet. This is going on record, pal. Okay, all right. He uh, was really, really candid and really doing some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. So that was awesome. Look for that in the feed. Tell your friends to subscribe if you enjoy the show. And also... You heard our theme song. That's done by our good friends in Punchline. They have their new album, Lie It Out. They just uh, did a whole East Coast swing. I'm hoping that they have a West Coast tour coming up, but they're one of my favorite bands, and it's awesome that they did our theme song. So go support those boys in Punchline. All right. Let's get to James and Steven. Uh, How are you guys doing? Good. Good, good. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Geekscape, man. Yeah. Um, great to be it's here. Good to be here. Shout out to Zach and Dad for uh, yeah. giving us some love and saying, Thank hey, you, Zach. give these guys uh, an extra shot. Zach's awesome. No, Zach, I, we love Zach. And Zach has been with us since pretty much the I mean, Zach has been with us since at least 2008. Because I remember Zach had just graduated film school, he was looking for a gig. And I was filming a, like this. It was a, a short series for Fox called "When Ninjas Attack." You geekscapers may remember that from early in the days. And Zach was just, you know, we're like, "Hey, man, if you, you're not doing anything, we, we could really use the help." And so he came, and he, I don't know if we paid you, Zach. I really don't know if we paid you. Uh, He'll remember. I'm I sure. love you, <laughs> and I will pay you with my heart. <laughs> but, um, but I, dude, thanks for coming and doing us a solid. Uh, on that series, and and uh, and I know we we were friends a little bit before that, so I think our friendship goes at least back eleven years. Awesome. And Zach's a real human being. Yeah. That being said, I meant what I said, man. Every now and then, I get that friend who's like, "My aunt wrote a book." <laughs> and I'm like, I don't of know. Course. I don't know if that's Geekscape material, but um, but I think you guys are totally Geekscape material. You got to you got to be in that place though. You, you, if if you know you're not having people maybe come to you with stuff, or or you're not able to refer friends to other friends that are doing cool stuff, then. Uh, you got to step up the game a little bit more. You know, you should, you should be doing something for your own, or at least have have those connections. You you, you want to be, uh, you know, you want to be in that place. I'm so. at a, I mean, I'm doing. I'm recording the Monday Geekscape here at Westwood One, and then I'm usually recording another one or two Geekscapes that week. And so I'm I'm booked. We're booked through through May, guys. And the crazy thing is, um, I try not to pass on too much stuff because I, I don't know when like. There just won't be cool guests to come in, and I'll want to play some other stuff. But right now, I'm posting two episodes a week, and I do love it. Um, it does take up a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and I love you, Geekscapers, for being part of this. Uh, you know, if you're new or you're old, thank you for listening. Um, so talk to me, guys, because uh, I've watched this uh, a couple times, and at first I was like, "All right." You know, coming from a creative place, I was like, okay, I'm watching these two intensely attractive dudes 
<laughs> and I have to believe that they got problems. They're just going to be like, look how hot I am. And I, and I like for the first minute I was like, let me see this. And you guys see where I'm going with this within like the first five minutes, you realize, Oh, these dudes got some bonkers going on. And you, we, I, and I, and, and to let you guys know, especially if the pilot is playing in your, in your area, um, I think that what you guys made was kind of ballsy. Like these are some pretty intensely flawed characters, you know, and I don't know if they're loosely based on you guys. So I don't want to make those assumptions that this is that you guys are in yourselves are well, of course yeah. we're all flawed, but, <laughs> um, but there's a level of vulnerability that you, that, that it took for you guys to put this on camera. Yeah, I think so. I, it's, it's always, I think good to have conversations like this too, because we think a, um, like, Going back to what you said about what you might have thought, you know, going into it, I think just our our backgrounds, where we've come from, the teen drama world, um, you know, being on a WB slash CW show, um, there's going to be a sort of prejudice of like, well, I think people are going to have a preconceived notion of what the show is going to be, or more likely what it's not going to be. Right. Um, and so it's it's nice to like, I guess, set the tone out of the gate in these conversations and say that it's. Um, it is about deeply flawed people trying to figure out life. And these two guys that are, I mean, at its core, that's what it's about and how, you know, friendship can help you get through those all of life's questions and speed bumps and, um, and, and roadblocks. And um, <laughs> it's just a different kind of humor. It's a totally different uh, world, uh, f- I guess, from where we came from, yeah. from where we started. Um, and we sort of just drew from the uh, the inspirations, uh, the things that really inspired us, you know, like, um, uh, you know, like angry the British boys. officer, like, right. you know, like, angry uh, boys or yeah, Angry Boys, the trip. Boys. Yeah, the we, trip, uh, Steve Coogan. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a film called uh, Like Crazy by uh, Drake DeRamis. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, his style, uh, his process really from script to screen was something that we wanted to emulate. Um, so, we we knew what we wanted. We were pulling from all different sort of arenas, but we we knew that when when it came out, we wanted people to understand that this is absolutely a work of fiction, um, and that this is a world that we know very well and very intimately. But the characters are characters that we've uh, that we've we've created, and um, and you know once we sort of I guess molded the story, we realized it's 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 a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> we, it's a cool pivot because I just remember Zach showing it to me, and and I'm like. I really hope, I mean, no offense to you fans of like stuff like Entourage, but um, I always felt like an Entourage, their bad day was always like, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I re- like ballers, like, yeah. which it feels like Entourage. I'm like, that's the best sci fi show on television. You know, like, I don't know who these people's <laughs> lives are. I can't, I have trouble connecting with those characters. And so in that opening minute, I was like, dude. I don't know how I'm going to connect with the, and then I was like, oh no, 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 there's more stuff going on here. And it was, and I, I found it to be pretty refreshing. And, and again, like the, the words kind of like ballsy cause it was, cause it was we, very funny. We wanted to, we want to make sure we were leaving a bit of an impression, kind of a shocking one, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a lot of stuff that we have, you know, one of our, our, our kind of, uh, our, you know, pull back the curtain here, biggest fears of, some of these first screenings is we you know have some you know one tree hill fans and, and that come in and you know this is going to be something that they're totally not used to seeing us in and and there's some stuff that's a little racy you know we've had to tell them because there's you know some fans that are 
that are younger. Um, well, that, yeah, we get worried just, if we see somebody that looks like they're like 16 or yeah, 15 or a mother and daughter. It's friendly, like, you get closer. Yeah, it's, yeah, see, see where Steven is on the mic? Yeah, yeah. perfect, perfect. So, I mean, it's it's for mature audiences. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, but we, we want, you know, the whole the, back kind of what James saying earlier about us, you know, what we wanted to do with the show. Um, you know, we, we, it's something that kind of like uh, the genre, even just comedy, you know, we, we wanted to, to do something that kind of we would, you know, really like to watch on TV, you know, mm-hmm. and we do stuff that, you know, I do, we've done some great stuff uh, in, in our careers here, but you know, when you want, when you've done certain things and you want to do something else and it's hard to get people to understand that you want to do something or see you that way, which is, which is totally understandable. You know, people right. are like, Oh yeah, you know, I saw him on this show and this show. So I see he could be on a show like this, but I, I don't know if I could see him in this comedy, you know, this darker comedy. Cause I've just kind of seen him in lighter stuff. So, you know, we've had the opportunity to kind of, you know, um, put the matter in our hands and, um, you know, we, we, we did, we discussed in length about, um, uh, you know, what the, from the shows that we like to the tone of the show, uh, what it was going to be and, and what we were trying to capture. And we just wanted to go out and see if we can do it. And, and through, you know, a whole process, the way we shot this and rehearsals and stuff, um, we, we were able to find out like, you know what, I think we, I think we got something. So let's go ahead and run with it. And then, you know, we, we did the show and then we, yeah, we kind of realized we're like, you know what, there, there, is, there is some comedy here, thankfully, you know, yeah. we're, we're cracking ourselves up first and foremost. And furthermore, I think that, you know, this is going to be shocking to an audience who's familiar with us over the years, but, um, it's going to be different and they should be able to relate and to, you know, to hear you say that, oh, you're like, I, all right, I, I, I can see, you know, these, these guys have some real life issues that like, I maybe didn't think that I was going to be able to relate to or whatnot, but, um, it's there that's that's what we're hoping for you know we we wanted to strip down um yeah so uh, some stereotypes and 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 not go with the the ballers or entourage um aspect of people that are in you know some sort of form of celebrity or in the you know near the entertainment industry or whatnot we wanted to to really kind of bring it down to earth and and um to get people kind of connect no matter where you are what you do i think it's a lot of similar problems and your and, characters were in the i mean your characters are still in the entertainment yeah. industry but they're but they're coming off of a of a of a kind of um vampire diaries-esque show like a cws successful show hugely yeah. successful and they're, they're living in the shadow five removed five years removed mm-hmm. from this stuff and um there's a scene Geekscapists and listeners in the pilot, I mean, the audition scene that you did, Stephen, like, that's painful. And what's most painful about it is, like, even though it goes to a, like, a level of it, it feels extreme, I'm sitting here thinking, no, sometimes that really happens. Yeah. And um, the things that directors and cast directors will ask for of an actor can be fairly humiliating. And oh, to, wa- to watch somebody who'd like had some success five years later, he's sitting there having to humiliate himself in a casting. It was painful. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I think to assuage any fears of, uh, your audience being a one tree hill audience and, you know, seeing a new side of you guys, I think your audience has grown up with you guys as well. So it's true. Um, I, I think that if you were watching one tree hill as it aired, You've, your your tastes have probably changed, and I think that this is a perfect. Um, I think this this fits in really perfectly with it, and it's smart to 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 play versions of yourselves. Yeah, well, I think also we were kind of saying earlier about like how it's similar. It kind of parallels what might be true to life or not, and we we understand right away where people can see the parallels. Just kind of looking at the breakdown of the show, like oh, they were on 
a successful show. The show's been off the air for a few years. Winter Hill is, and it's like it's like that. We definitely, you know, we're, we're playing with that in a way where you know we, especially going into kind of comedy, not something that we you know we didn't grow up comedy writers studying comedy. Sure, um, we we, but you know, um, we wanted to give you know give a tr- shot at it, and and so you know we wrote what we knew, which is the entertainment industry and our experiences uh our stories uh people that we've been around and so you know we just we made sure that what we you know what we wanted to do was create some fictional characters you know james came to me with the idea and was like all right i want you to create your character mm-hmm. and uh, i'm gonna create my character and i think you know we're gonna live in this world but we're gonna take all the stuff and the, some of the experiences we've heard or experienced ourselves, and just kind of just blow it up you know, take, take those stakes as far as we can take them and still kind of have them live in a reality where people might look at it and go, I feel like that might have happened. And you know what? Yeah. Some of the show, stuff in the show, absolutely. You know? Um, and I mean, you're right. It's like the audition scene. There's a, you know, there's a scene that we have in there that's, that's, um, that's pretty shocking uh, what happens in an audition room. And, um, you know, there's, there's been plenty of situations where I can speak, I can't speak for James, but for myself, where I found myself in, in in rooms just going like oh wow okay this is going to be one of those days where we're going to find something we're going to go home driving home with maybe a little bit lost look in your eye like wow that was a that was a weird audition that one I went left, to a different place because i left some of my dignity in that room <laughs> i mean it's it's more like yeah i guess you sometimes it's it funny. doesn't I, take I much to feel like you've lost your dignity it really doesn't it's funny I, i've become numb to that you know it's more of like oh that was yep today was a good one you know what i mean it's yeah. like that that one that one really stretched you and tested you but uh yeah when you, when you step back and you you talk to maybe someone who's not in the industry about like what you maybe you had to do in a room and they're like wait what you yeah. know? and it's like yeah that's that, and that's just kind of what's expected and that's that's the comedy in the show like the show isn't jokes <laughs> you I know don't the think show is punchlines and it's 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 never like, going comedy to should be, be some level of truth and and i, yeah. I don't we love, love that kind the of broad the yeah. broad stuff is like okay like i, I feel like the Ferelli brothers were the I mean I love the Ferelli brothers. Um, I, I took my brother to see Chaplin's Great Dictator last week, and it it still holds up. Hmm. But imagine somebody doing I mean I guess Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, like that stuff is is great. But um, but it, sometimes it's hard to find the truth when it's super broad like that, you know. And this stuff right from the get go is like a failed sexy <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like 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 if, if you were a One Tree Hill fan and you're like I want to see more of Mr. Lafferty watch this sure. pilot shirtless he is shirtless within oh, yeah. the minute and there's a sex scene and, and, a big tan. and, and the sex scene is uh it, it doesn't uh, culminate too much and uh it's not it's not magical it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah and that's I mean, that just speaks to uh, where we wanted to go with it. Like, we think there's so much humor um, in life just in watching two people try to figure each other out or try to navigate their way awkwardly through a conversation. Um, that's the kind of stuff that that, that um, really attracts us. And so that's that's what we were going for. Um, and yeah, that's that's the brand of comedy moving forward. You know, this is just a pilot right now. So we want to get it out to audiences. Uh, we want to get people calibrated for it and get people behind it and then eventually go, you know, make a season of it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, here's your chances. All right, Geekscape is May 17th. If you're here in L.A., the L.A. Comedy Fest, you'll be able to watch it as part of the uh, shorts programming. Uh, if you're in my hometown of Austin, Texas, Atex TV Fest, June 7th through the 11th. It's probably going to get a couple screenings. So I know that we have a couple listeners in Austin 
uh, shout out to you guys. Um, yeah, please come see us. Keep it weird, but for sure, go, uh, <laughs> get yourself a badge to Atex TV Fest. I don't know if they have individual screening tickets. Definitely go for that. Um, if you don't have a full badge, and then if you're in Monte Carlo, whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Monte Carlo TV Fest is that following like a week. It's two weeks later, fifteenth to the nineteenth of June. So. Between May and June, if you're in L.A., Austin, Texas, or Monte Carlo, uh, go for it. I don't know if we have listeners in Monte Carlo. I looked up this week in Silver Springs, Maryland, which I've never been to, is still way number one on our listeners. And then suddenly I had 50 down, like like I had like 50 sudden downloads from Salt Lake City where I'd never registered any downloads. And I'm like, I, I, I hit up my one friend from Salt Lake City. I'm like, dude. Did you like share the show or something? He's like, no. And I was like, maybe it's the fact that the Utah Jazz are in the playoffs. Ricky, <laughs> and Ricky I, Rubio. And I can't stop talking about it. Was, it was Ricky Rubio. Yeah, it was triple double. That Mr. Triple Double got triple doubled the other night. Um, what's funny is I watched Geekscape. This is weird. I watched game two with uh, Mr. Sean Gunn, who plays Rocket Raccoon. He's dating a friend of mine. Oh, nice. And, uh, and Sean walked into the bar where I was watching game two of, the, of that series. And. I texted my friend and said, uh, your boy just walked in the bar. Are you coming? And she said, no. And she texted Sean and Sean looked around for me and we ended up talking and talking basketball. So we've, Sean and I have joked in emails that, uh, and it's obvious that like Avengers infinity war comes out uh, this week. And Sean is a part of it as playing rocket raccoon. Um, he does the mocap and I, I joked, I was like, dude, we should bring you on the show. All the fans will be expecting us to talk Marvel Avengers like Guardians Three, we'll just talk basketball, <laughs> and I think you guys would hate us for it. Just do uh, an hour on the playoffs. We've we've threatened to, to do that, but um, we won't do that. Of course, <laughs> we get if we get shot on the show, we'll we'll of course get a uh, be talking some Marvel. Um, dude, this coffee that um, you made, Stephen, is okay. Wait, so I didn't make the coffee. There was a mach- there was a robot involved. I just want to we we he didn't we, brew the coffee. Dude, Westwood we, One has this coffee maker and Steve. Yeah, and we I, haven't seen it. It was it's, it looks like the, the pouches that the astronauts eat. Like there's a little like notch on top, and then you're just supposed to squeeze it out. But we, we first like we baby food. Is that what you guys were doing in there? For yeah, 30 was, minutes? we were scared off for a minute, and then we looked to the other side of the room where there's there's robots controlling if you go into the refrigerator and pull out drinks or go into the, the snack rack. And, I trust and that you will they, pay for that. And then there's yeah. an automated machine that you know you have to report to, otherwise things will happen. So we, we went back to the robotic coffee, which was for free, and we're like, no, we're smarter than this machine. We're going to make it, and so we did, and. Eh. Yeah, it's like not, Skynet. It's, in it's, here, dude. it's, it's, it's not not a very good this, cup this of coffee. coffee. Is, uh, you know what? Um, it does its job of creating conversation pieces. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good, um, but it'll do its job. If it's got caffeine in it, I think it'll do its job. So, um, talk about like because I think I experienced it a bit with my brother. Uh, he was you know WWE cruiserweight champ, tag team champ, da 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 da, and then the year after WWE, like the years after WWE, not. I mean, like you don't go into just obsolescence. You're still working, but the but the light isn't there. And I think that that's what's so great about this show is um, is it deals with the non glamorous part mm. of being a working actor. And it, and I love having you guys on the show to talk about this because obviously when people come in the show to promote something, um, for the most part of the years, it's been this thing that they've successfully brought to fruition and in making things is hard making things from nothing is 
very hard Geekscapists. Um, so when you sit in the theaters, even if it's Rampage, appreciate what it took to get it there. And you know what? I thought Rampage was tight. <laughs> I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing good things. <laughs> the Rock fist bumps a gorilla in the first five minutes, so you've got your money's I'm worth. In. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, like, talk about those years because, like, the script I was telling you about, James, was a direct, like, me trying to tell my brother, like, show my brother something, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, help him out. So I wrote a script for my brother just to, like, be like, dude, we can do this. Um, talk about that because that's a rough patch, and you guys have dived right at it with everyone's doing great yeah i guess that's the only way we felt we could approach like this situation is we sort of i mean look the one tree hill years were great and we actually um you know enjoyed kind of the best of both worlds we had this steady job uh we loved doing what we did and there was this core audience but then we were also able to kind of fly under the radar because one tree hill as 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 long as it went and as many people as it touched it wasn't you know this like thing that was constantly in the zeitgeist while it was on the air it wasn't the OC it wasn't right. the Vampire Diaries it wasn't you know I spent, some, more girls, I yeah. spent uh, some time on Supernatural through the director's program at Warner Brothers and it's a phenomenon totally like it, it, yeah. it, it's a beast and we never really quite reached that level of phenomena but it, it was still a, a sort of phenomenon in its own right um, so we were able to sort of go out and live our lives and do our things but when we came out of it as well um, you know it's not like we came out of it with all this heat all of a sudden we're right. just going to jump on the next thing it was very much like back to alright what is the next thing going to be um, you know we're going to have to work we're going to have to work really hard and we're going to have to get back out there and, and yeah. that means auditioning again and those uh, muscles do they do those muscles fatigue is there was there a level of um and i'm not i don't think you guys i think you guys are fucking awesome um but was there a level of ego that crept in or like did was there a level of humility that had to be re like acquainted with in order to do those things does that make sense yeah, I, don't, like, I don't think no, you, I, could, I don't think either of you guys are egotistic. I, know, I, I think could, you guys are cool but it, the, these are the dangers no yeah. for sure you get you get i mean it, it was i always called like being out in one tree hill island because we shot out in wilmington north carolina and so coming back to la um you know you feel you're coming with some swagger you know you feel you're coming off a job that you've been working on for a while and and you know you do feel like you're gonna go out and, and you're just gonna jump right in the next thing um but you know uh what you're doing uh, on camera on set to what goes on in an audition room is completely different I mean, you'll hear a lot of successful actors that just have you know nothing but offers coming their way these days like being so thrilled how they don't have to do another audition for the rest of their life you know auditioning when you're out there doing that so stepping back into that is is a beast in its own you know getting getting back to that rhythm to you know i'm supposed to have a uh you know a conversation with you know my, my girlfriend in a scene but i'm you know my scene partner in the audition room is a 55 year old man you know what I mean? Who is yeah. trying to adjust a camera and, and dealing? This, it, you're just you're almost shocked. You're blindsided when you Nothing come back. Fifty five year old men or anything. No, no, yeah. but it's no just you know, the, 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 you're Lend like your okay. <laughs> like you got you got to remember you prepare yourself for this because um, you know everything is obviously uh, it's it's just it's a whole different beast and 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 um, for me that was something that was strong. Like I came back to L A. And, and auditioning was a little bit of a struggle for me because. You know, I was just like, oh man, these some of these rooms. I'm just getting some bad reads, and I go in and I want to connect with somebody, and you know, I want to work on something, and and you know what? They're they're just ready to move on to the next person from the minute you walk in the door, and 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 you're just like, man, you really, really, really have to nail something, you know, and, and find some sort of magic in, in in a space that really does not like to 
to yeah. manifest it. And I think that's that's one of the, like the distinctions um, between like us and then these characters and everyone is doing great. Um, you know, I don't think we had any delusions of how difficult it would be coming out of One Tree Hill to jump to the next thing. I think we kind of knew it was going to take some hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that nothing was going to be handed to us. Um, these guys in this project, you know, they had like four years on a show that was humongous and it almost, it ended because, you know, they all got so sort of big and egotistical that it sort of broke apart. Um, And then they found themselves, all of a sudden, the the bubble burst, right? And that delusion didn't get them anywhere and all of a sudden they they have nowhere to go and it's five years later and and they've only just sort of run into closed doors. And so... um, you know, and they're they're in their early thirties, so it's painful. like they didn't make enough money to retire. They don't want to retire; they want to keep going. <laughs> but uh, they're not the the hot new thing anymore. No, no. So it's like you you have the you know we've seen the entourage angle, and then we've seen the just struggling actors who have you know moved here from Minnesota to try to make it and are trying to break in. Mm-hmm. We have that story. Um, you know, I think BoJack Horseman is kind of doing the little like has been story. Um, to a different extreme, I think that's a different. Like he's going through a midlife crisis. That's that's the older version. But I think this is a really specific sort of guys in their early thirties, like coming of age, um, just f- figuring out a lot of life lessons um, way too late. Just getting whacked. <laughs> just getting whacked. whacked. No, they're, right. they're running a hundred yard dash in a, in a ninety yard gym. <laughs> it's, a, it's a conversation, and it's a painful one. And I and I I literally said this. Uh, to my girlfriend this morning, I said, is this shit that I should have been doing at 27? Does that make sense? Like, I was like, is this a lesson I should have been learning <laughs> at 29, at mm-hmm. like 27? And should I have been learning this stuff 10 years ago? And in, in, in here's the thing, Geekscape, is like we all love our culture. And maybe it's, I don't know if it's an American thing. I don't know what it is. So it's it's worth discussing on our Geekscape Forever group on Facebook. But... um we, our generation, maybe it's Gen X, maybe it's millennials, <clears throat> but we, we, we celebrate this nostalgia and we wrap ourselves in our childhood. And, we, and then when we get the means to, we reacquire our childhoods. We, go, we, we still read comics as I do. Hmm. We still play video games. We still buy the things that we celebrated as kids. And, and now, we, now we can afford to, to buy the, the toys. We can go see the remakes. We can see our, our heroes on screen now that we would only read about. Um, and does it cut us off at the ankles? Are we are we living to some level of arrested development that we brought upon ourselves? You know, in this because it's almost like we've been paying for our own emotional undevelopment, hmm. lack of emotional. Does that? I mean, I don't know. These are the things I think. About. Yeah, no, I <laughs> and, think that's and, a, that's a really good point, and that's something. And you that look we, up in fucking realities there, and it's like rent time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, the ending of the pilot is brutal. Like I went through that, and I was like, "Fuck, I can't wait to get studio <laughs> tomorrow." Because I mean, I went through that, and I know Zach went through that, mm. and we got rolled. Mm. You know, even if it was something you volunteered, like I volunteered it, and I got rolled. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, have yeah. you been through that? Yeah, no, no, dude, no, no. no. It is. I mean, but we, you know, that's one of those. That's another one of those things that we, you know, haven't been through personally. We know people that have. Oh, dude. We've seen, you know, we've seen how that situation unfolds. And it's, um, it's something that, you know, it's a really harsh reality in life. I don't want to drone on too long about sure. something that we're vague about. But, yeah, let's not, I, mean, but, I mean, if you want to be vague about it, obviously, Geekscape is not going to be the only episode. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. trying not to spoil it. But you know what? When this thing is a full season, 
of 13, I guess, is what we do this now with Netflix and stuff. But when you get those 13 episodes, you'll be like, hey, they could have spoiled something in the first episode. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Well, we'll still hold it back. I mean, we're still yeah. going to hold it back. <laughs> Look, just, uh, because you're going to go to these Atex. Yep. You listeners of Monte Carlo, are you going to yeah. go to LA Comedy Fest. LA Comedy May Fest. May 17th. But, but, I mean, I think on that, that's one of the things we wanted to hit with this show is like, and specifically from these characters' point of view, and even from our point of view a little bit, like when you have a certain amount of whatever you're doing in your 20s, whether it's going to college or you're on a TV show or you're just, if you're immersed in something in your early to mid-20s, when you come out of it and you're in your late 20s, all of a sudden you realize like what life is really about, right? And that's when all the harsh lessons start to sort of, you know, hit you. And, um, and for these guys, you know, that, those harsh realities didn't start hitting them until their early 30s. So because they're really the going through success that had early. Yeah. So they're going through all these things like, you know, that they, they kids learn when they get out of college and they realize it's not going to be that easy to get the first job and maybe they're going to have to move back in with their parents. And, um, you know, these are lessons that, you know, these guys just didn't have to learn. And now they're going to have to learn them and they're just going to have to learn them later in life while everybody else is, has already, you know, all their contemporaries have already learned them. No. Um, so talking about James and Steven, what was like, what, what was like your worst audition when you guys were post one tree Hill and you had to get the muscles back and do the like auditioning? Um, Oh man. Cause mentally you got to key in too. Yeah. Like, and then the, phys- have, like you have to key in mentally and have, then physically. And, and then you're asked to do these fucking alien things. I had one, which was, is really underwhelming. It's an anticlimactic story, but that's the whole point. <laughs> um, well, all the all the auditions now at uh, at Fox, like in Culver City, mm. you used to be able to park like close to them and walk onto the lot. And now they literally have the parking lot like somewhere close to a mile away. Mm-hmm. Takes about you know fifteen twenty minutes to walk in. It's Iliad. Yeah, you get in there. It's not that place that you next to Nakatomi Plaza, like the entrance off of Nakatomi, or you enter off of Pico. I think, I think so. No, it's down uh, by the mall, like where they have you park is over by the mall. That's uh, not even on the lot. No, 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 no. It's a completely different parking it's like lot. Like nine lots over. Um, um, so yeah, so by the time by the time you get there, you know you've you've walked for about twenty twenty five minutes, and then you get in, and the casting director. This was my experience. Um, you know, waited for about another thirty minutes to go in. And then I went in as I was doing the scene. I watched her cross me off the list. <gasps> I heard it first. I heard like a, and I looked down and she's just going. The casting director did that. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a real like subtle like just like one line through. It was like. This entitled and because that couldn't wait for you to leave the room. Holy shit, dude! Um, Holy shit. So uh, yeah, it's things like that. Things like that that really um, overt. That was not underwhelming. That's fucking brutal. Uh, That's that's like not really surprising. So I followed her to her car and I crossed her off the list. The list of humanity. Yeah, I hope nothing bad happens to her. I don't have motive. We're joking. I had a um, man. My this one's it's still haunting. You can still feel this one inside. I, I uh, yeah. I um, I actually had an audition for um, one of the producers that worked on One Tree Hill, who, who brought me in immediately to family producers of a new show um, that that he was working on, uh, and and you know it was full a room full of people and and. But you didn't know these new guys. I didn't know the new guys. Yeah, yeah. you only knew the person I know who referred the new you. Guy so. that was a producer from Montreal, Hill, and we, he brought me in, and 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 he brought me in. He was like, "Hey, it's, it's Stephen." He was holding uh, some almonds, and and um, or like I think it was a, no, it was a walnut. He was holding walnuts. Like I had some, and they were just like, "Hey," they're like, "Watch this," and he threw a walnut across the room, 
Uh, and it was like, catch it in your mouth. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, of course, like monkey that, over here. That was part of the audition or no, part of the just, it was the, just hey, like, get hey, to it was, know it you? This was the icebreaker. And I was like, ice. oh, yeah. Oh. And I caught it in my mouth. It was like, ah, oh, thanks, man. He's like, he like, that's Stephen Coletti. He's super talented, all that. So I'm just like, oh, man. And then, he, you know, we started so talking. Far so good. Right. It was, it was extremely silly. But then I go into the scene and, you know, I, I got it. So I put my, you know, you put your lines over here to the side. I'm, you know, figuring out who I'm reading with. And, we get through like, you know, a quarter of the way through the first scene and I'm locked into them and I just start to feel like a little almond, like almost when you get like a chip in the back of your throat. It's, there's something that just decided to linger in there and hang out. And I'm like, oh, this is... I have some oh, walnut in my throat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, and I was like, oh, I was like, just trying to let it pass and you know, not let it distract me. And then all of a sudden, I kind of came to and realized about 10 seconds had passed and I hadn't said anything and it's my line. And I've got 10 sets of eyeballs staring back at me going... Okay, and I t- completely froze, and and from there I my I was like I need to look at my lines, and they felt like you know they were like they're like t- it was just getting warped like, like yeah, further and further it's away. It's a football field camera. away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, grab Got them and one second, please. Uh, and then you know I delivered my line, and at the end of it, apologized, and then from there I choked, and then I couldn't get through the scene again, and and it was you literally choked, mortified, uh, not, not choked, yeah. not choked like 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 Spike Lee on the sideline telling you, like, yeah. not like Reggie Miller. Showing I you these literally shit. choked in you, the you were coughing. Room. Yes, oh and, fuck, uh, I I couldn't get through the scene, and I had to leave, and that was it. And I, I, yeah, it was the like worst. It was the worst, right? It was the worst audition I've ever given in my entire life. So, when that goes back to your, you know, your friend who set you, you know, helped re- recommend you, like, like he's got to understand. You want to know what the worst part about that is? He was like, "Dude, you were fine. It was fine." Do and you I'm think like, you were fine? Stop lying to me. <laughs> that was the worst audition I've ever given in my entire. You now I can't believe anything you're ever going to tell me because you're telling me that it was good. And you're like, no, I saw a lot of people that came in today. There was a lot of people that had dead uh, eyes. Was he, was he was like, in the room as well. Oh yeah, he oh, was there, oof. and he was like, "Dude, you were fine." From you now on, fine. just be like, "Sorry, I'm allergic." <laughs> I know. And I, no, I appreciate as soon as it, it comes you, flying uh, across the room, I'm going to get up and I'm just going to smack across and let it hit the wall. Like, don't oh my god! I was going to say at least you me. caught it in your mouth. Like it would have, I would have bounced off my nostril or something. Yeah, yeah but that's not what they have. That's not what they have on tape. They have on tape me just like, free, like again, there was like a ten second span where I was just looking like at somebody with with dead eyes, like not un, like trying to hide the fact that I was choking. If you Speaking were listening, of which, yeah. <laughs> see, yeah, see, it's okay. it, it lives with me. <laughs> it's like it, it's a, <laughs> it comes back psychosomatic. If you um, damn. If you're listening to this and you were in that room, upload that video to you. No. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's so we'll that's, use it for the show. I think that's yeah. and that's where the stories come back to play of you know kind of real life. There, we have an, a, a, a horrible audition, and it's it's nothing like the almond choking that I just described. But we will start to play. There's a kind of a storyline that you know kind of gets sprinkled in where what happens to that tape, right? And, and, right. And you know, my character in the show gets a little fearful of of. You know where that's going to end up, and if it, if it does get out, or if it's getting, if it's just circulating in the industry, you know. Right. So, um, yeah. Those, that I mean, during the scene, there's a the, the scene we're talking about, Geekscapists. Um, there's a few things going on, and you're like, okay, <laughs> where's this going to go? Um, but what I love is that the, the writing is really good. Um, and let, I want to talk a little bit about how much of it's a page and how much of it's improv, um, because at least structurally uh, on the script. The next scene is 
oh, uh, Steven's character hasn't, you know, uh, Steven's character, Seth, hasn't been hit enough. Uh, let's smack him up against an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, A, let's throw in the next scene and the results of that audition from your manager who or, or agent who could really, you know, uh, doesn't seem like it's the most biggest priority on his day. And then in the midst of getting that phone call, you look up and there's the, there's a, there's a, the character <laughs> you've, you've only <laughs> seen in flashback. And, uh, yeah, new guy. Yeah, and it's like that runs smack that, into an that was a that was a question. Best day ever. That was a question where we had you know and and cutting it. You know, we we had it down on paper. We felt like it worked on paper, but then the the scenes actually we we felt that they worked so well that we were actually just like like hammering him over and over. Sure. So it became like, all right, is this a hat on a hat on a hat? Now, like how many times do we need to hammer this character before the audience gets it? But um, at the same time, we all have days like that. Yeah, and we wanted to enter this world on a day. Um, that is is probably like one of the worst of the year, right? For these characters, yes. so that we can figure out where they go from there. And it also gave us an opportunity to see, you know, you, you figure out who these characters are by putting them in situations and seeing how they react to those situations. And and Steven's character, Seth, is this just, he's just this in, inherent optimist. You know, he's always going to see the brighter side of life and he's always going to be moving forward. He's, all, he's never going to be looking behind at failures or, or the road bumps. He's just going to keep, barreling forward and then on the other side of the situation you have you know you have my character jeremy who is completely apathetic a bit cynical a bit dull (laughs) and he's and he's you know he's totally fine just kind of languishing at the moment and so um and so we figured you know without seth getting hit and hit and hit how do we see just how indomitable his spirit is Mm -hmm. right and then how do we peter parker yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know i mean that was the rule that i think they that stanley and Steve Ditko created for Parker was like, let's see how much he can deal with. If it's not a supervillain, let's add a supervillain to his personal life. And mm-hmm. le- then let's add the personal life and the supervillain to his professional life at the Daily Bugle. And let's just see. I mean, now he can't do all three things at once, but he is going to have to or people die. It's going to be fun to watch him try. You know, it's going to be great yeah. to see him try. And when you know he doesn't give up. Even his failures are success. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like uh, that's why I liked. That's why I commented that it was it was great to have him smacked several times because it was already pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get smacked several times. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, f- I feel like uh, that that's also well, it did not ring unrealistic. Cool. Well, if yeah. that was a fear, it did not ring unrealistic because I think that's what life is. It's this you you're you're chiseled into what you become through a thousand little cuts mm. you know you're not formed from within you know and, and i think that's the that's the the illusion that we all live with that we grow into this thing <laughs> or beat into it <laughs> are you kidding me like yes of course once you were a baby and then you learned to walk and then you got bigger and then you had to get bigger clothes and then you grew into this thing and it's all growth and we want to believe that a lot of this is growth no a lot of this is getting knocked the F out mm-hmm. in getting back up in that, you know, that's what it is. And, um, and so it's interesting. It calls back to kind of what you're saying earlier about, do we get held back by some of the, the nostalgia, some of the stuff that we grew up on that we're kind of always looking for, you know, uh, the latest iteration of something right. like that, which, which I don't, which, you know, I don't think is ne- is necessarily a bad thing, you know, because you're, you're, you, we kind of have this longing for, you know, there is that part of youth where 
I mean, no one's more present than a kid. You know, you don't hold grudges and you're not living, you know, mm-hmm. you're not looking to the future. You still have you that know? level of naivety that tells you, yeah, so you're just what if, let's living go. in a moment and like, oh, you know what? This show, this cartoon I'm watching right now is really cool. This comic book that I'm reading right now in this moment, I'm, I'm completely into this. This and, fork and is going into that light socket. And especially, you know, um, you know, that was me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> especially as as you know you, you the world is yet to as you said kind of cut into you and i think we come back to them and it's interesting because you can find all sorts of new meaning and say if you're reading a comic book that you read as a kid and then now you're picking up on those on um, those new pieces stuff yeah. that now that you've had a few nicks you know and so it means something different to every you. time and you're you able to relate it, to it in another way changes, but yeah. yeah so it's like not only is it it's a it's it's a two part of of being able to relate to the characters that you didn't before when you're a kid but then also to be able to you know, I, I think it, it it's not a terrible thing to to put yourself in a place of 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 you know remembering um you know where life was at its most innocent and and that's a beautiful place and a beautiful time and you know what if we need that to take a moment and say look I'm gonna g- give me a minute here yeah. you know I I, I don't think we're all trying bad. to get back there it seems yeah right we're all no, trying to get back there while moving forward so it's a well, it's a lot of tripping you know what the, the, I feel like the, the most fascinating people I meet are the people that have held on to that like innocence in a, in a way and they do it through humor mm-hmm. like they do it they take they take a retrospective look at like their life and things that have happened and they look at it through a humorous lens and they're able to tell these stories that were like traumatic at the time um, in a way that you know they found the humor in it and they can laugh at it now and sometimes they can even laugh their way through a bad situation and those are the people that are I think the funniest that we're all fascinated by because mm-hmm. we're like how do you do it <laughs> and 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 yeah. how, how do I get some of that and um and so yeah that's what we were trying to do here is 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 just sort of see these guys go through a really tough time but um but through a humorous lens and i don't think you really have to change you don't have to tell jokes to do that you just have to be sort of looking at them at the right times <laughs> sure. to see you yeah. know to see what they're going through and that that is um that you know that's the great thing that we get to do with television and film is we 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 get this assurance that like we can end we can end this in a good way for these characters we can like try to live we can try to live our own life lessons through through them, and hopefully it comes out well. And um, and so you know, I think with a comedy, you get that kind of assurance that things are going to end up all right. Maybe not. It's not going to be happily ever after. It's not going to be a version of all right that maybe you're familiar with, but it's going to be a very you know relatable version of all right, one that we're usually you know try, just trying to trying to strive for. And how many people who've had your version of success are the ones who you see? Um, we're hiding an addiction or or suicidal or coping with depression and they had the wealth that you wanted or they had the life that you wanted or they lived in the house that you wanted and they still lived in the you know they still lived with those things that they were battling and it's almost shocking that i mean it's almost worth realizing that all that external stuff that that literally stresses us the hell out every day and that we strive for every day and we're in this wheel running for every day is the one thing that we have to keep telling ourselves that's not real Mm -hmm. that's not real because as soon as it's in my hands it's going to be something else and um i don't know i mean i'm i mean guys uh i know we're at guys welcome to geekscape (laughs) people are like i thought they were just going to talk about avengers Uh, (laughs) and uh and we do sometimes and you know that next week you're going to get your avengers uh infinity war episode with ian kerner you know you're going to get it um but uh i i like doing a podcast that talks about a little bit more when it comes to storytelling than 
you know, I like I like talking about the pathos of it, which is what gets skipped over so much. Um, I was in a discussion yesterday that actually happened. I went to Common Book Sunday, which is a group of friends, and our friend Leo, who's never been on the show but should be, invited um, Heidi and I, and we went, and I sat down by myself because I wasn't really feeling like talking to anybody, and Marv Wolfman comes over. And Marv Wolfman for you, Geekscape, has created, like, um, Deathstroke and was the guy behind like Teen Titans in the eighties. And he's just a legend. Um, you know, both Marvel and DC is just a comic book legend. And obviously when Marvel Wolfman comes and sits down next to you, you're going to talk story. <laughs> and we just kind of agree that we don't like the three act structure. We don't believe in the three act structure. We believe in beginning, middle and end. We obviously be- believe in goals. We believe in character, uh, and defining them through physical actions, you know, trying to achieve those goals. But the, uh, there's a lot of artificiality to storytelling, and it feels like you can you can get there with, you know, this magical, you know, formula. If you have this and add this and add this, you're going to have a perfect script, and it's got to be 90 pages, and it's got to have this by page 10, and it's got to have this by page 20. It's kind of the save the cat model, and so much of that stuff you just throw out mm. because it's not real and here on the show i like talking about what was real which was your fears that led you to making this and i'm guessing that both james and steven you guys had to over you had to face a lot of shit to make this show because i'm seeing a lot of it in here yeah yeah i think so so it's worth going to see geeks gave us yeah look we put we put watch them bleed for you we put we put a lot of our a lot of ourselves into this show we put a lot of our worlds into this show um and uh, you know, there's there's no denying that, and that's why we're we're so proud of it because we feel like um, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Stephen, but <laughs> I, I feel like the the things that I see that resonate with me, I know that the filmmakers put a lot of themselves into that, and I know that's the reason that I can relate to it absolutely because I was probably going through the same thing at some point. What if Steven's just like, I just wanted to see my friend again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have our different motivations, man, yeah. and I respect him. I just missed you, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, James is right. It's, it's about st- certain stuff that we, you know, and our conversations together and talking about, you know, TV, film and stuff and coming together, what we're watching, what we like. And, and um, you know, I think sharing a, um, kind of a bond for a you know a type of show and 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 some stuff that that's raw that's that's down to earth you know um and painful you know painful in in a way that you almost you know you you it's hard to watch but then you want to keep watching and you're also laughing mm. that's to me there's something beautiful there and to James I you know I we've talked about this before and and so you know, it was something very specific, and like I said earlier, about we're trying to attempt to capture something um, with this show, and and that being the goal. And if we didn't do it, then this thing was ending up in the in the can. You know, if, yeah, if it's if a we very were to, experimental approach to this, it was like, look, we'll if about this it. doesn't work, yeah. Then we then we can throw it away. Let's agree right now that neither of us are going to force the issue. If we get in the editing room and we just feel like there's nothing here, well, hey, we tried. And we don't have to, we don't have to put it out there. And so I think that gave us a certain amount of freedom, creative freedom going in. It really made it less tense, you know? There wasn't yeah. as much tension on set. And that, that lended itself to the process as well. Just because, hang loose. And you yeah. allowed improvisation. And yes. you guys can, how much of it's scripted, how much of it improvised, or you get the take that's scripted and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. What we, was the process? So we were working off an outline. Sure. And we had some bits of dialogue. You know, information is going to be in that outline. 
Um, and then we have, you know, in that outline for each scene, there's, okay, this character is coming from this place. This character is coming from this place. It would be great if they could say these few things. But um, with these motivations, knowing where, they're, where these characters are coming from, where they need to get to by the end of the scene, let's just run with it. We had two cameras. We were shooting on uh, Panasonic Veracams, and um, they were incredible. And we were able to get um, beautiful simultaneous coverage um, as we went. And uh, we just sort of came up with this distillation process where we would shoot the big wide master. And, um, the actors, and then you worked in. The actors yeah. would just throw everything out there, mm-hmm. right? And, and then by the end of that take, between you know, people behind the camera and, and the actors, we could tell what was sticking, what was working. So then, boom, you whittle it down to the nine things that stuck um, from that, that, that master. And then we went and got coverage. And then um, by the end of that process, you know, an hour later after shooting, you know, by the time you do the last take, you've you've got the scene. <laughs> are you shooting two masters? Or is there a second? Are you kind of doing two wides at the same time, or is somebody working on like picking up some mediums or some detail shots while you're shooting the master? Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, because there's big only wide one, then, one yeah, wide. Yeah, maybe somebody's somebody picking off a cool little like tight profile or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so yeah, that was pretty much the process, and we. We, we came to that process through rehearsals. Um, Ian and Esham Nelms are, were our producers, and they're also um, uh, accomplished filmmakers as well. They've got a film out uh, right now on DVD called uh, Small Town Crime. Let's get them in Hawks. here. Uh, they would love to speak to that's you. That's a yeah, friend. Awesome. That's a friend that is a good recommendation. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. offense to you, man. I'll get your aunt in here. We'll talk about her book. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, so they, they, they helped us with this rehearsal process. We knew kind of what we wanted to do, but they had done it before. Mm-hmm. And so we were a little bit on the fence, like, okay, is this going to work? Are we capable of this as people that aren't trained in improv? And um, their approach was, look, as long as you guys know where the characters are coming from. And you have the time to do it. And, yeah, and we have the time. Like, let's, let's all get together. We, well, got, we got a bunch on of TV, you, you, On TV, you don't have that time for, yeah. for the most part. On TV, for the mo- at least the CW shows that you and I have experienced, like, on, we don't have that. Like you just got to fucking throw the football up the field. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? so you we had that with this. That we, were only, yeah. we were only shoot. We, we shot the show in four days, so it wasn't like. But we had time to. Re- obviously, our you know once we had set the goal of when we were going to shoot, um, we tried to use as much time before that to bring some of the actors in and experiment with you know the way that we we're going to shoot this, and, and that's by putting ourselves in different situations with different characters and just kind of having a scene play out. And then learning to like, okay, let's cut to the chase. And like James said, kind of distill down like, okay, what, what are the real things you're trying to get at here? And, and try to focus on that. And so, you know, we still had our days. We did not have the freedom on our days when we were shooting. To no, just, four days, just roll. Is, four days it was, is fast. It was four still very, very ambitious and, and, and scary. But um, to be honest with you, I think that, yeah, we kind of like... We, we got in the zone and we we're all wearing a few different hats and, and so you're kind of all really aware of, of what's happening at all times and kind of where we're at which I, th- I thought was something that you know um, you would think that uh, maybe being inundated with wearing all the hats that you could k- take away from you know what you're trying to do uh, um, you know once cameras are rolling but um, kind of being hyper aware of everything we need to do we, everyone was very f- hyper focused yeah. and, and, and that I think on a low worked. budget like yeah. four days so well, that, that's that aggressive worked, that's that actually pretty aggressive to, uh, to get it done you know I mean we had multiple locations in different places and, and things needed to fall into place and uh, and they did which was which was kind of a miracle for, but awesome for context Geekscapist um, like a show like One Tree Hill that the boys came off of is about a 45 to 60 page script 60 if you're working on like a flash <laughs> or, or arrow type show um, and that is giving you 45 minutes worth of content and they're shooting those over ideally eight days they mm-hmm. have eight days to shoot those 45 to 60 page scripts these boys have 38 
40 minutes worth of content that they made in this episode, right? Which is an hour worth with some long commercial breaks and they did it in four days. So that's actually pretty aggressive. Yeah, it was aggressive. on a low budget. I don't know that we could sustain that schedule for nine more episodes. Uh, for maybe, sure. maybe we could. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it, we had plenty of time to prepare for it. And I mean, I think it's a testament to, you know, the team that we had, um, the producers that we had were really great and, and seasoned uh, indie film producers who, who are, you know, pride themselves on doing good work and um, doing it efficiently. So we were really lucky to have that team. And then also, I think it's a testament as well to like the actors um, and what happens when you sort of hand the keys over to an actor, uh, the keys to the character, when you're like, okay, here's here's what we know the character is, right? Here's what we know the character isn't, Stephen and I. Sure. You guys fill in the rest. Fill in the rest from your own experience. Like, like put all the relatable shit that you've gone through into this character and let's see what that brings to the scene. Therapy scene. time. <laughs> Therapy time. Let's go. Dude, Dude, totally. Every single time we got gold. Like every single actor brought something so unique and so colorful to the scene and a dimension to the character that we hadn't ever seen before. And all it took is like a little line, you know, to see specific details will do everything. Right. And, um, and it was really amazing to see, um, like not just how cool these details were that the, that these actors brought, but also like just how well and effortlessly they did it. Like there, some of the actors were like you guys had some help from, from, from some friends like shout it out well they, yeah. they actually we had they're all actors that came in yeah you know everyone and some of these people we actually didn't know but I mean oh, we really? had yeah there's people close to us that you know we just knew would be great for the role because you've directed on the Royals but yeah. you had Alexandra Park from the Royals um, is is playing is playing Andrea who is the right. uh, who is the other uh, who is the, the the female lead of the show Eternal which is the show they're all famous yeah. for and so uh, Jeremy my character is married to her and it's um, the 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 marriage is um, well, it's on the rocks. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's life after the show. It has not sustained their marriage in the way that they thought they thought it would. Um, and so, yeah, she was really gracious and and awesome, and and you know, joined us for the whole process. And then um, her friend Cree Behind, who is on Home and Away um, in Australia, and she's not designated survivor here. Um, she's another friend of ours, and so she came on the show as well and did a scene, two scenes. Um, and then we were able to pull from, you know, the, other the friends. The Nelms brothers people. had, yeah. and, and Michelle Lang, they, they had some of their connections, some actors that they've worked with in some of their films. Deborah Baker uh, Jr. is a great actress, and she's doing a lot of great comedy work right now. And um, Bob, Bob Turton played the casting director, <laughs> the director oh. in that scene. Oh. And he's just... Uh, that was he, hilarious. He's a formidable, formidable presence. We had so much stuff with him in that scene. Um, yeah, he to work with. He came in uh, guns blazing. It was awesome. So we had... And again, they uh, the, can't say enough to shout out to the to the Nelms brothers and and Michelle Lang, their, their team, um, what they brought to the table, what they put us through as far as okay, if you guys are going to do this, like we want to know, okay, wh- who are these characters? What is everything going on with them? They'd sit us down, we'd go over backstory, we'd rehearse, we'd put our, put these characters in different situations, and and that was so vital to us, you know, getting there on the day and being able to like, okay, we're confident in, in what we're doing here, now let, let's roll, um, and mm-hmm. so um, yeah, you know. For the people that they brought on camera and the work that they did off camera, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, and you can see priceless. their work in a totally different light in small mm-hmm. town crime. Um, that's, I mean, that is, it's like a sort of Coen Brothers esque huge, uh, like, I mean, it's called small town crime. It's a contained thriller, but the look and the and the whole tone and the vibe, the cast they got for the film is really really epic. Um, it's it's, I think that um, they're. 
they're going to be doing a lot of really cool stuff really soon. So if you want to get on there, get, get on their wagon early, go check that out. Let's get, let's get them in the studio. Yeah. Um, for you geekscapists who are listening, who are maybe aspiring filmmakers, directors, I think listen to what the, the boys said about performance first in all your fancy shots, second or third. Like mm-hmm. makes like it doesn't matter what you point the camera at and how fancy it is if your performances and your stories and your characters are garbage. <laughs> so do the hard work. <laughs> it is not about your magical wonder. Okay. Yeah. Like don't do it. All right. <laughs> Just don't do it. You're like you're rearranging deck chairs on the damn Titanic if that is your approach. All right. The ship will still go down. It's going to take you a while to get to La La Land. You need to make whiplash for this. Yeah, you hear that? <laughs> you hear that? Geekscapist. Um, again, the uh, the show is everyone is doing great. I think these boys are doing great. Um, regardless of how they feel or the pain that brought them to this point, I think that the uh, renaissance is maybe upon us. Cool, man. I <laughs> you know? appreciate that. Um, we just want people to have fun. We want people to have fun watching it. Isn't That's that the, the basis of everything? Because yep. then they throw dirt on you and you're done. <laughs> so let's have fun. Uh, if you guys want to have fun with the boys, again, that's LA Comedy Fest. That's coming up May 17th. Uh, if you're in the Atex, hold it down. Uh, keep it weird. The Atex TV Fest in Austin is June 7th through the 11th. And if you're in Monte Carlo... Welcome to Geekscape. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever had a listener from Monte Carlo that I've witnessed. Um, <laughs> go to the Monte Carlo TV Fest. That's the 15th and the 19th of June. Um, do you so have any I'll, French listeners? I, we do have some French yeah. listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think go that, check that it out. We're actually translating. Uh, we're getting French subtitles on the, uh, on the project for the screening. They're spoiling you. There, yeah, mm-hmm. they're spoiling you. We're doing friends. it for you, so please reward us with your presence. <laughs> um, and again, if this is your first Geekscape, hit that subscribe share it with your friends um we are working pretty hard to get you guys some awesome episodes um it was cool sitting down with dean devlin and talking action movies and uh i don't want to spoil anything about what he said about his most recent theatrical movie geostorm but uh i don't think you're going to be surprised that dean shares the same sentiments with you about that movie um but he he does have a new movie coming up uh on the fourth uh with david tennant who you love um, and it's called Bad Samaritan and it's kind of Hitchcockian and uh, it's kind of cool. It's a cool movie. And he did it independently, which I think is what he wants to do. Um, I also sat down with Patrick Fugit and talked about Outcast, which is a cinematic show I really like. And uh, that's coming up in the feed. We got a lot of stuff coming up on the road to Comic-Con. Uh, and of course, we'll be at Comic-Con. So um, look for us there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to do some E3 coverage in early June. Uh, we'll go and play some video games and tell you guys all about that. So if there's something big in the geek world, we're totally going to be a part of it. And you know we're going to watch Avengers Infinity War. You know I'm going to sit down with Ian Kerner and we're going to do our real in-the-weeds, detail-oriented view of the movie, and that'll come up next week uh, as well with, with a brand-new Geekscape episode. So I think you guys may get two or three episodes next week. All right, Geekscapists, I'm spoiling you. Um, by bringing you guys some cool stuff, and James and Steven are part of that. All right, they're, they're part of Geekscape now. I All love right. having them, dude. Appreciate um, you having us. We got to keep good. up with this show. I really believe in it. Thanks, not man. being Thank facetious. You. I'm looking you both in the eyes we'll as a man. You, we'll keep you updated. <laughs> okay, um, Geekscape is. You can find more information. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. Throw it out. Yeah, Instagram's uh, at everyone is doing great, and Twitter is 
EDG TV show. And then you guys obviously have your own personal ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Names. At James Lafferty on Instagram, at This Is Lafferty on Twitter. Yeah. And mine's just my name, Stephen Galetti. Perfect. Perfect. Geekscapes, you can find us on all those platforms. And if you're still on Facebook, uh, if you're still on Facebook, we're saying that you're now. still on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still on Facebook, regardless of what they've done with your private information, find us at Geekscape Forever. That's our group where we like to do the chitty chat. And there's also a page, Geekscape, where we put up our articles and things like that and what's going on with the other shows on the Geekscape network. Um, we're adding a cool show in mid-December, that, or mid-May. <laughs> I almost spoiled it. Sorry, Matt Kelly. Uh, we have a cool show coming up in May that I think will excite some of you, um, and hopefully most of you. So enjoy uh, Geekscape Forever. Peace. <laughs>